30-minute reviews, beware of spoilers, and exploring hyperspace lanes are all available ad-free. But if you want to support the show, you can go to bewareofspoilers.com and click the support button that's available on the Spotify website. Thank you. Good morning, and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam, and it is finally Ahsoka Day, or yesterday was Ahsoka Ahsoka Day, Um, which means we can finally talk about the new Star Wars show. It's been a little while since we did The Mandalorian, Um, so we have Ahsoka. Um, I don't hate the show. I think the show is a little slow to start out. And if I remember correctly, I think I felt the same way about The Mandalor- Mandalorian um, Andor. I ended up loving Andor. Um, the, the thing I have with this show is... And it's not the show's fault. It's my fault. I understand that. Because... I, and I bring this to... You know, every time we talk about something like this in one of these major franchises where it's this idea that... I am the outlier. I'm statistically the outlier of this, uh, what's it called? Of this situation where I watch everything. I read everything. Um, like, it is expanded universe, not expanded universe, canon, not canon. I do it all. To that end, because of that, um, I am operating from a, a different place, so to speak. Um, because of that, because I am operating from that different place, and because I'm operating from this place of, I know what happens in Rebels, that puts me at a leg up from everyone else. So there is a sizable contingent of the viewing public who will watch this show who will not watch Rebels. Because it's a cartoon. Just, and it's a cartoon that started on Disney XD as a cartoon for kids. And, and essentially, through its entire run, is a cartoon for kids. So, they need to reestablish everything. They need to reestablish who Hera is. They need to reestablish who Sabine is. They gotta reestablish who Chopper is. They gotta reestablish all of these things in this show, which, for me, ends up feeling like a waste of time. Because, for me... I know all this already. I know what happens to Ezra. I know what happened at the Battle of Lothal with with Thrawn and Ezra. Um, but to that end, I know, you know, I, I'm coming into this knowing more than the usual viewer would, or the typical viewer would. And I think that that doesn't make it the show's fault because the show needs to bring everyone up to speed. You know, it's kind of like in, in, in Endgame. There were a few points in Endgame where I feel like the dialogue is clunky. And I think I talked about this back four years ago when we did Endgame in the theater. And then I heard Marcus McFeely explain it. And I'm like, oh, shit, that makes sense. So, like, there's that point where they have the completed Infinity Gauntlet. And they have Hulk with the, you know, with the gauntlet. And they're, they're fighting over who's going to put the gauntlet on. Um, 
and they're talking about, like, you know, Thor, you know, Thor has, you know, the power, and then Hulk says, you know, the radiation coming off that thing is mostly gamma, um, it's like I was made for this, and it's like, oh, so, that feels a little on the nose, I don't think we need that explanation, and the same thing goes when they're, when they're, they have the big thing about what they're gonna do, um, and it's like, just get the stuff and come back. Don't alter the past, don't do anything else, just get the stuff and come back. Or like at the end, when Captain America is getting ready to go put everything back, it's just putting them right back exactly where we got them from. Nothing else is changing, even though they already colossally fucked the timeline anyway. Um, for one, at least. Um, so it's like, I... And when it was explained, it's like, we just gotta make sure the audience is all on the same page. Um, because sometimes the audience, we want to make sure no one, it, it's kind of like when you're, le- like, if you're a teacher in school and you're leading your kids to the cafeteria, you got to stop periodically to be like, all right, we still have everyone, good, let's keep going. It's that kind of thing. And, and to that end, it's a lot of what this episode is. Um, I'm still laboring under the impression that Ray Stevenson's character, who, Balin, I think his name is, um, he is a clone. Like, I'm still operating under the impression that he is a prototype clone, uh, from, what's it called? From, uh, to, to, uh, to kind of be a prototype for Palpatine, but also be, you know, he's gonna be filling the, the, the Sabaoth slash Sabaoth role, depending on which audiobook you listen to in this. That's gonna be what he's doing. Um, and the other woman, um, is a, what's it called? She is going to be the uh, the, the Mara Jade to this early Empire story. Um, I still have a feeling that's the case, and, and I, 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 and I do like this idea of let's explore beyond the galaxy, because that makes sense. See, here's the thing that, you know, last we saw Thrawn, he was on the bridge of the Chimera with Ezra, and the space whales were taking them away. Uh, the space whales whose name I'm actually forgetting. Urkel? Uh, or something like that. Either way, space whales taking them away. Um, and to that end, it's like, well, where did they go? And I think the best idea is he went back to the Ascendancy. Because the Ascendancy is not in the galaxy. Because the galaxy, by and large, as defined in Star Wars, is strictly run by the, the seat of government for the galaxy. It is the, you know, it is the Empire, it is the Republic, it's the New Republic, it's the, you know, the High Republic, it is whatever the seat of government is at the time that runs the entire galaxy. The Kiss Ascendancy and the Gris and other entities that are kind of these big, multi-planet kind of empires, um, those exist outside the galaxy, uh, past wild space, past the unknown regions, in the next galaxy, and I think that showing that here, like, they went to this other galaxy, it's like, oh shit, I think we're seeing the Ascendancy, and we might see the Ascendancy in this season, which would be cool, but I'm not holding my breath, because um, I would like to see that happen, I would like to see, you know, I think what could be an interesting thing for Thrawn, and, I, and, and look, I'm gonna be honest, I, I don't think this is going to happen, um, but I think if we want to galvanize Thrawn, to the Empire, 
I think he needs to be really drummed out of the ascendancy. Not fake drummed out of the ascendancy like he was in the ascendancy books. I think he needs to be real drummed out of the ascendancy. He needs to be sent to, um, you know, he needs to have gone back or gone back and it's been, you know, overrun by the Grist. Because if I remember correctly, that's what they were trying to stop. Like, the Grist are coming. We got to stop the Grist. We got to see if we can get an ally to help stop the Grist. Okay, let's do that. So he goes out. They send him out to, you know, the main galaxy from Star Wars to kind of try and do that. So, to see that level of failure for Thrawn would be interesting, I think. To see that level of failure for Thrawn would galvanize him into the Empire in a way that um, we really haven't seen in a major way. And I think that that would do a lot to to really push this plot forward in a meaningful way. Like, what I want is I want an episode where we just follow Thrawn and what happened in you know in the intervening months and years between the 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 arrive like the the end of uh, Rebels and now in that it's a pretty sizable gap because we're now like five to seven years after if this is contemporaneous with um, with Mandalorian season three we're like seven years after, if it's contemporary, well, it's definitely contemporaneous with, you know, after Book of Boba Fett, because this is post her talking to Luke, while Luke is building his Jedi Temple, um, in, uh, in, in Book of Boba Fett, so, taking that into, why the fuck are we going so slow? Uh, so taking all of that into consideration, that would leave this show kind of at episode, like, kind of at that same time period. And to that end, I think that the, you know, I think that if we got to a point where we, we need to explain what happened in that time, I think that doing an episode of just what happened there, what happened to Thrawn, what happened to Ezra, you know, all of that, that would be interesting. Um, and then how Thrawn gets back. Um, and also, I think there is equally a chance that this show is just about the hunt for Thrawn. And we like that shot of Thrawn that we see in the trailer is the final shot of the show. Um, and then it moves on for a potential season two. Or it's just we continue this in the movie. Because now Thrawn is back. We have our villain for the Air of the Empire movie. And now Thrawn is back. Because um, I think there's a solid chance of that happening, too. Whereas, like, we don't confront... I, I don't think Thrawn gets defeated this season. Um, and I feel like I'm getting... It, it is kind of... Like, it is kind of funny when you think back how the last two shows we've seen, because it's been this, and it's been Mandalorian, and before that it was Andor, who are always talking about this big blue bastard who's going to show up. And I think this one has the most chance of him showing up as a recurring villain, but I don't think he does. I think he, he doesn't show up until the very end. Um, because what we're going to deal with is we're going to deal with Morgan Elspeth and, and, and I think his name is Galen, uh, played by the late Ray Stevenson. Um, that, that's going to be, that, you know, that is the, 
and, and, and it's a small thing, but it always gets me when an actor died on the sh- died after the show was made, and they put the little tribute to them after. It always gets me um, a little bit, and that 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 was a little sad at the end with uh, what's the old Ray. Um, but he's really good, even if he does look like uh, Raymond Burr in the in the the '90s revival of Perry Mason a little bit. Um, and there's a reference that no one's gonna get. Um, yeah, I think that like this this show is um, it's solid. It's just if you've watched Rebels already, it's a little slow. Uh, hopefully, it picks up after this these first two episodes, and hopefully, when we get into the the actual meat of new stuff in the in the near future, hopefully by then we get to a point where it it starts to pick up a little bit. But as of right now, it's still just a little slow. It's still just a little... We gotta get everyone up to speed with what's going on here. Um, and all of that. And I think to that end... Just go in front of me or go behind me. Just don't see my blind spot, you dumb fuck. Um, the, the, to that end, the, the entire, you know... The, the show is not terrible. I just wish it was a little bit, you know, faster paced. It, it, like, after that first episode, I wasn't like, alright, I'll watch the... Like, I, I wasn't jonesing for the next one immediately. It's not like Andor, where it's like, I was... Like, it was a little slow to start, but I was kind of hooked in pretty quickly after. And look, maybe it will just be like Andor, where, you know, after the first episode, I will get hooked in. And if that's the case, then... You know, that's really good. Um, I, I, I do... I also love that thing in the very beginning with the red text on the background. I'm like, oh, that is so good. I love that aesthetic. I love that visual to it. And I love it. Like, that's the way to bring people up to speed on on who Thrawn is and why Thrawn's a threat. Um, so if he comes back, um, then the entire galaxy's at risk. And... I think there is a fundamental issue that comes in, though, with this. There's a possible fundamental issue where the, the question will remain, why wasn't Thrawn being hunted in the intervening years? Why were we not hunting Thrawn between the end of Rebels and now? And I'm not saying the end of Rebels. I mean, like, because the end of Rebels very obviously takes place, you know, at the same time as this. So it's like five, seven years after Return of the Jedi. Um... I'm saying end of Rebels as in the end of the main plot line. It's like, why did, like, why did she just assume that he was dead for so long? Like, I think we're going to get an answer to that, too. That's another fundamental question I need to answer. Um, is why now? Um, and, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how, uh, Sabine will be able to take these guys in a fight. Um, with lightsabers. I'm going to be honest with you. Because... Like the force is a is a tool in a lightsaber fight that Sabine does not have access to. Um, so she's inherently fighting with a with a hand tie behind her back, so to speak. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see her get trained by Ahsoka. Uh, and, and I do like Rosario Dawson's you know reserved performance. I think it does serve the character well. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that Natasha Lou Bordezzo is just absolutely nailing Sabine. She's 
just perfect in this role. Like, I, I said that when the first trailer dropped back at Celebration. I'm like, she's just got the mannerisms and, the and like, even, like, the facial expressions down. But, like, everything about it is just working perfectly. Um, so, let's continue this trek into the unknown regions. And we will figure out where Thrawn is. That's going to be what the show is. Uh, so, next week, we will continue with that. This week, we have no new movie to talk about because we've already seen Gran Turismo. Um, so we will be seeing, uh, no new movies this week. Um, our next episode will be, <sighs> what else have we got? Um, we got Pokemon tomorrow, Pokemon Ultimate Journeys tomorrow. We got, um, maybe, and then Friday we got the, the Snakey Bus and Retro Wave, uh, up to where uh, Backlog Files over on... Uh, 30 minute reviews and uh, yeah we will wrap up there for today so until our next episode which will be tomorrow Pokemon Ultimate Journeys have a great rest of your week